Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now, I've been bombarded with new and existing customers asking questions about net metering 3. Currently, we're on NEM 2, or net metering 2, which is the second version of net metering that the state has had. And the CPUC is in the process of changing that dramatically to net metering three and candidly it's going to clobber the solar industry if the preliminary decision goes through so today's show is all about the impact of this decision and what you can do about it so in terms of an overview we're going to talk about what it means for new solar and battery customers that's somebody who doesn't have solar or somebody who may have solar that's thinking about a battery that these people are really the ones who are most at risk we're going to talk a little bit about what it means for existing solar customers not a big change there and we're going to talk about what the solar industry is going to do about this preliminary decision. We're working really hard to change it, but it's an uphill struggle. So after years of discussions, the CPUC, California Public Utilities Commission, they issued a decision last week to eliminate net metering. Now, they don't say they're eliminating net metering. They say they're changing from net metering 2 to net metering 3. But the reality is you're better off with nothing rather than net metering three. And we can kind of talk about that later. All right. So we ran the numbers for the difference between net metering two and net metering three with our financial modeling tools. And the results are pretty much what we expected, what the California solar and storage industry expected. The results is that your paybacks for new solar, if you put in new solar, will go from about six years to 14 years. Now, the paybacks from adding a battery go from nine years to 12 years. So it takes three times longer to pay back a battery if you're forced to do that under net metering three. And with regular solar, it more than doubles the payback period. That's going to clobber it. So this decision, as it was written, will go into effect on May 28th, 2022. So you know that's like five months away. So it's not the end of the world if you're looking for a solar or a battery, but the typical installation time for a solar and a battery is about three months and there's shortages, so you got to act now. Without any doubt or hesitation, candidly, this isn't self-serving, my advice to anyone interested in solar or battery backup is act right now. Reputable installers, the companies that have been doing this for a while, your local companies that have inventory, you know, have a conscience, they're going to be completely overbooked. The battery supplies, inverter supplies, and solar panel supplies are really not in the U.S. right now expecting this kind of a change. So those supplies are going to be really tight. I'd say some cases wiped out until the summer. Battery supplies are already really, really tight. Don't sign up with a contractor unless they have your equipment in stock or can guarantee that they're going to have the equipment. Go to their warehouse and put your name on a battery. And it doesn't matter what contractor you pick. They're all going to be swamped. So I wouldn't be delighted, but if you want to go with any contractor, it doesn't have to be Cinnamon Energy Systems. If you want a battery, if you want solar, time to do it now. All right. So let's dive into the details of this net metering three decision. First, why did the CPUC make this change? Well, it's simple. The utilities lose profits when homes and businesses install their own solar and storage. If you're generating your own power, or if you don't have to depend on the utility for backup power, you save a lot of money and the utilities lose that. It's important to understand the utility business model. It's baked into their business. It's defined by the state and the federal government. Utilities get a guaranteed profit based on their assets. So 
if they put in more solar panels, uh, you know, in some uh, solar farm somewhere, if the utility puts a lot of batteries in a substation, if they add new transmission lines to pipe power from out of state into California, those are all assets and they get a big rate of return on that 10 to 12%. It's a huge rate of return. And when people put their own solar on the roof or their own battery system in, it displaces an investment that the utility would have otherwise made. So the utility doesn't get a profit on that asset. It's really simple. So our utilities have always known this. And so what they did and their IBEW employees, that's their union, they're really hardworking union people, but they're completely in the pocket of the utilities. They successfully lobbied the California Public Utilities Commission and state government to change the rules dramatically in their favor. I'm not making this up. The reality is that utilities in this preliminary decision, they got everything they wanted. I mean, normally you kind of go in, you have two opposing sides. One side wants to make the, the level at 10 you know, at, at 30 cents, the other side wants to make the level at 5 cents. And sometimes, it, you know, they chop it in the middle. The reality is the utilities got everything they wanted. They got a 5 cent reimbursement rate plus very, very high fixed fees. Essentially, by doing that, they're killing that metering. This is not an exaggeration. If you just look at what the economics are for customers without net metering 3, you're better off without net metering 3 than with net metering 3. So that's essentially killed net metering. And when you're net metering at a nickel a kilowatt hour, which is only slightly above the cost of generation and storage, it doesn't make any sense. So the solar industry has been lobbying Governor Newsom, our legislators, and the CPUC to change this decision. Actually, we've been lobbying for almost a whole year, but it didn't work. So here are the details of this new decision by the CPUC. They announced that net metering two will be replaced by net metering three on May 28th, 2022. So if you put in solar over the last six or seven years, you're on net metering two. If you put in solar, say, I think I forgot the date. It's like before like 2015 or so, you're on net metering one. So net metering three will go into effect on May 28th, 2022. There's no transition period. And it's going to take effect. And the way they kind of implement this is, and it, the details haven't been finally worked out, but the way the PUC and the utilities have always made these changes before is these changes take effect when complete interconnection agreements are submitted to the utility. And in order to get that interconnection agreement kind of working backwards, the first thing you have to do is have the system completely installed. It should be operating. It has to be inspected by your local city and it has to pass inspection. So the process is we get the system inspected, we get an inspection card signed from the city, we scan that in, we fill out reams of online paperwork, including all kinds of details about your bill, your address, the system size, etc. And then we electronically file that with the utility, with the inspection card. Sometimes they want to see copies of contracts. It's a mess. It's a lot of work. So it has to be done and received by May 27th. Now, because of delays in inspections, and candidly, cities are very confused about batteries right now. They're going back and forth. They accept it. They don't. They're adding a requirement. Some cities don't. They change their minds all the time. So because of these inspection confusions in cities, including San Jose, the biggest city in Silicon Valley, you got to plan on at least three weeks to get the inspection done because sometimes the inspectors make a mistake. They forget the rules. They don't realize that the inverter and the battery system together have to be UL listed. They just look for the UL listing on the battery. It's not there. So you got to plan for delays there. You have to plan for about a week to pull together all the paperwork and get that submitted to the utility, make sure that they receive it. So kind of working backwards, projects have to be fully installed by early or mid-April. Otherwise, you're not going to have enough time. If there's anything that goes wrong, you're going to be out of luck. 
And so the way it works for existing systems is net metering three will apply if you make any significant changes to your existing solar system. And so we kind of encounter this all the time. If somebody put in a five kilowatt solar system and they want to add 2000 watts more, according to the rules, if you add more than 10% of the solar capacity, you're making a significant change. You got to file for a new inspection got to get a new inspection, and you got to get a new interconnection. It's the same thing for a battery. If you have an existing 5 kilowatt, 6 kilowatt, 10 kilowatt solar system, and you say, all right, finally, time to get a battery. I'm sick of these blackouts. You're going to need to get a building permit, a new inspection, and get it interconnected. So it takes time, because in both cases, in the utility's mind, these are significant changes requiring a new interconnection. Now, does it really matter? You know, they add 10% or 20% of solar capacity? No. Does it really matter to the, to the grid if you're putting in a battery? No, but those are the rules. So we've got to follow them. These are the timings. So you got that deadline on May 28th that this new net metering regime is going to go into effect. Now let's talk about the changes from net metering 2 to net metering 3. The first change in net metering 3 is all new solar customers have to pay a fixed charge of $8 a month for every kilowatt of solar. So a typical 8-kilowatt system here in Silicon Valley, you're going to have to pay $64 a month fixed charge. That's a lot of money. It adds up. There's no fixed charge right now. You can put in a small system or a big system. There's no fixed charge. It's ridiculous. This is the highest fixed charge in the U.S. And this is how the utilities basically get to turn off net metering. They say it's net metering, but if you pay more for the privilege of having solar thing you do for the benefit you get with solar, which is that five cent a kilowatt hour refund, doesn't make sense. It's gone. Now, this is the highest fixed charge in the U.S., but keep in mind, low-income customers, and I'm not exactly sure what the definition of low-income is, but the low-income customers are exempt from this fixed charge, and that's a good thing, trying to get more solar onto low-income customers. There's also no fixed charge for commercial customers. So if you're putting in a 200-kilowatt system, there's no fixed charge there. All right, the second big change is that customers under net metering three get credit for the energy they sell back at five cents a kilowatt hour. Now, net metering means that you get a credit basically at the retail rate. That's the way it's been in California since the 90s. But now they're changing it. So currently, you'll get credit at the retail rate, which let's say it's 30 cents a kilowatt hour. And when you're running the meter backwards, you get a credit of 30 cents a kilowatt hour. Sometimes it's less from this little charge called a non-bypassable charge. It's a few pennies. But basically, when you're running the meter backwards during the day, you're not at home, you get a credit of 30 cents a kilowatt hour. It's great. Your bill is just chomping down. It's great. But under net metering three, you only get a credit for five cents a kilowatt hour. So they reduce the benefit by a factor of six. Now, the thing is, sometimes, depending on the electric rate you're on, the rates are as high as 50 cents a kilowatt hour in the afternoon. So on those sunny summer days, you can be running your meter backwards at 50 cents a kilowatt hour. That's really going to kind of reduce your rate. Well, now you only get credit at five cents a kilowatt hour. It's de minimis. Now, if you have a battery, and this is where the batteries kind of help significantly, you get much more value for your daytime generation. So, for example, under the ETOUD rate, the time of use D rate, they, this is the fourth rate they've had, they keep changing them. The rate is 38 cents during the evening and 19 cents during the day. So, here's the thing if you store your energy in your battery during the day, 
instead of selling it back at five cents a kilowatt hour, yeah, you lose the five cent a kilowatt hour rate, but you're storing that energy and you can use it at night when the utilities are charging you 38 cents. The EV rate is closer to 50 cents. So that's where you see the batteries have a lot of value. The batteries, in, in my view, are basically the antidote to bad metering policy because heck, don't even use that metering. You just store the energy in your own battery. That's what they're doing in Hawaii. And then you use it at night when they rip you off with high rates. All right, the third change is that they're changing the grandfathering period for all current customers. So the grandfathering period now, if you signed up under net metering two, was 20 years. This new decision, based on the utilities lobbying, they're gonna just retroactively reduce that 20 year payback to 15 years. That's not fair. I don't even know if it's legal. It's kind of like if you have a fixed rate mortgage and the mortgage company five years later says, you know what, you know, you got a 30 year fixed rate mortgage, but you know what, after five years, we're changing your rate retroactively. I'm not even sure that's legal. But so basically over the life of the system, by going from 20 years on that metering to 15 years, they could be taking away 25% of the value of your system. That's totally wrong. All right, but they're doing it. It's in the decision. So we got to fight it. All right, it's not all bad news. There's like one little glimmer of not so bad news. There's something called the market transition credit. Now, the utilities are so magnanimous. They decided that we're going to change net metering so much, but we're going to give people a tiny little credit per month for 10 years. It's called the market transition credit. It's $1.62 a month for 10 years. That works out to $1,200. So $1,200 on a $20,000 system You know, it's not nothing, but it's pretty insignificant. It's not going to change people's decisions at all. Now, as far as this market transition credit, there's slightly less worse news for low-income customers. If you're a low-income customer, you get a credit of $4.36 per month, or about $3,200 total. And also, these low-income customers don't have to pay a monthly fee. But still, when you run the numbers, because the reimbursement rate is only a nickel a kilowatt hour instead of, say, 40 or 50 cents during the day, really doesn't help any. The paybacks are longer for low-income customers, too. All right, so how has this been taken by the solar industry? Well, certainly it hasn't been taken lying down. The solar and the storage industry has been fighting this preliminary decision for over a year. We know it was coming. We're kind of lining up our allies. California Solar and Storage Association has been fighting it really hard because it's in our backyard. SIA, Solar Energy Industry Association, Vote Solar, Sierra Club, and hundreds of other organizations have been fighting this, signing petitions, lining up. 120,000 petitions were delivered to the CPUC a couple weeks ago. But in spite of all these efforts, the CPUC still came out strongly against rooftop solar and strongly in favor of the utilities. The utilities got pretty much everything they were looking for. Now, yeah, obviously this is a preliminary decision. The fight isn't over yet. There's protests planned in January throughout California, but I expect that some or most of this decision will still be implemented. The CPUC is controlled by utilities. They have tons of lobbyists throughout the government, and they're really worried about the effect that people generating their own electricity or own backup power is having on their business. So my advice for customers depends on the situation you're in. If you're a new solar customer, if you've been thinking about getting solar, you're just kind of not sure, you're waiting, you know, whatever, 
Get a system installed as soon as possible. Contact your local installers, find somebody that you trust, get some references, make sure they have inventory. Do it now. If you wait, the good contractors are going to book up fast. And even if there's contractors that aren't booked up or new contractors sprout up, it's going to be hard for them to get batteries and solar panels in the first and second quarter. All right. If you have solar and you're thinking about a battery, you must get this battery installed before net metering three goes into effect because adding the battery is a significant change to your system. Obviously, and also PG&E will know you have a battery because you can't hide it. You're not using any power at night. So you have to get in under net metering too. You got to act right away. And the other dilemma with adding a battery is it always takes a lot longer to put in a battery system than adding solar panels on the roof. It's a lot more complicated. So if you're thinking about a battery, if you're sick of blackouts, if you're looking to do something, don't wait. Because if you wait, you're going to be on net metering three and you're not going to get nearly the payback you would under net metering two. Now, if you already have solar and you don't want a battery, or if you already have solar and a battery, there's not going to be any changes except for a reduction of your grandfathering period, which is bad enough, but it's not a disaster. Once again, if you have solar, but you're thinking about a battery, do it now because the batteries are really, really in short supply. All right, there's a lot more to kind of go into the nuances of this. I expect that there's going to be some changes that'll be a little bit better for the solar industry, but we're not going to make this go away. It's never going to be as good as net metering too. So definitely act now. All right, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.